from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, May 15th, 2015, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. You know, Eddie, uh, most of us are trying to find more time every day to get things done. Don't bring me into the Stamps.com conversation. Why? Just because you have... I got in trouble last week. All right. Yeah, you did. But yes, we're trying to find more time to get things done. (laughs) So you can't let trips to the post office slow you down, and now you don't have to, thanks to Stamps.com. But we do love the post office. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. We don't want people to think that we have an anti-postal worker stance here on our show. We are pro-postal workers, post office. All we're saying is Stamps.com gives you the, the ability to do things quicker and easier. The nice folks, Shauna, at Stamps.com kindly said, like, hey, like, you seem, like, we don't hate the post office. Like, we're their friends. We just are a supplement, like a, a thing that... Gets yeah, you to yeah, use the post office yeah, more we conveniently. We the postal experience. <laughs> Whereas we're not anti-post office. <laughs> With stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage right from your own computer and printer. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale that automatically calculates the exact postage you need for any letter or package or any class of mail. You'll never waste valuable time going to the post office again because you can do everything right from your desk with Stamps.com. Here at Relevant, we've used Stamps.com for years. We love it. Uh, And right now, you can use promo code RELEVANT for this special offer. A no-risk trial and a $110 bonus offer, which includes the digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. And before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in RELEVANT. The Stamps.com. Enter RELEVANT. Like I said, I'm Cameron, and here with me in our Orlando studio, Eddie Big Cat Coffold. Cameron, nice to see you, man. Over there on the ones and twos, our interim producer, John David Snavely. <laughs> Greetings. Harris. That joke never gets old. <laughs> I, mean, I love that every time. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And from Chicago, Illinois, author and speaker, Shana Nequist. Good morning. I would like to tell the I would like to tell the listeners that after a grand experiment last week, yeah, this show is being done the normal way. Yeah, which isn't that much different than last week. We're just we you get to massage it a bit. Yeah, last week's show, if you didn't hear it, uh, we we had the big experiment because of travel mm-hmm. and other limitations, and Jesse being in the studio right. on one day. We decided to do a live recording of the relevant podcast. Right. No edits. Just hit the red button and go, mm-hmm. and then when we're done, upload it. And it, I, <laughs> how did it go? Was it fun? Well, it I, was fun. It was fun. We didn't say anything. I, I didn't think it. I didn't think it was that bad. No, no, it wasn't that bad. Because here's the here's the deal, though. But like, I was so stressed out. I was so aware of like, you know, there's no safety net. I felt right. like Nick yeah. Walinda podcasting. Gave yourself you know, goosebumps. I ha- I gave myself goosebumps throughout the show, <laughs> but I, I realized there was no safety net down there, so I was just aware of, like, things could go wrong, so yeah. I was kind of not, you know... I actually I actually really liked it. I had a lot well, of fun. Well, you didn't have it. any responsibility. You didn't have to... I keep- mean, not to embarrass myself. <laughs> That's pretty solid. That's true. I mean, your one responsibility was to not insult the people right. that underwrite and fully fund this operation, right. which <laughs> is our sponsor. Right, and not and, to make- and, and that was failed within 30 seconds. <laughs> I do. And so, there what was- else could go wrong? 
there was also a lack of maturity on my part when the music would play because I'd either say something like I was like I was seriously like my two year old daughter I was like I can hear the music listen to it isn't that great I'll sing along it's embarrassing uh, that was what, and and uh, John David muted most of the yeah. commentary you were doing during the music yeah it, it, it was yeah but it was fun we had little dance fine. parties for a minute in between yeah, like, the segments and stuff yeah the the, the problem with it though uh, the no safety net thing is if something mm-hmm. does go wrong or a mistake is made and you deploy it, you find out after the fact. Right. And we did. Yeah. So uh, after we released the show last week, uh, we started seeing it on Twitter. People were like, man, I really like that interview again. <laughs> and what happened was uh, back in March, we ran the Derek Minor interview. And it was and so good. It was so good. Uh, we unknowingly ran it again last Second week. Second verse, same yeah. as the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I came in on uh, Sunday morning after seeing the Twitter feedback and uh, trimmed and it, uh, re-uploaded the show. I had, I. It's funny though because I listened to every show. I heard the original Derek yeah. Minor interview, yeah. and I just sat here and we just talked about it. We make made jokes. Yeah. We We're like that was a good interview. Yeah, great. Yeah. Loved yeah, it. It was good. Eight weeks ago as well. It was awesome. So, <laughs> so. coming up on the show, we have uh, John Tesh. <laughs> and N.T. Wright talking about Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the live show. Uh, Jesse, you did, you were all right. I mean, you 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 were in person with us. I was. I was. I was, I was live in person, which is which is always fun. But you know, I come with my game face on. Right. Uh, yeah, every week, out. like I am doing extensive physical, mental, and spiritual training the hour leading up to the podcast. So there's no snafus, especially nothing that involves insulting a sponsor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, another big. Can I move on to some other big news? Shauna, uh, tell us about those new shoes. You still rocking them? <laughs> I took them off for the podcast, but I did Man. wear them all morning. Sha- yeah. Sha- what, what new shoes? Thanks for asking. Instagram. I haven't been on Instagram. She recently. got some blue. Uh, blue, like they're not like wedges, but they're. they're- absurd and i just completely could not i like i i fell in love at nordstrom rack when i was supposed to be buying shoes for my boys so i wore them around the store for a while and then they just had to come home with me and there's like you know when you're you're buying something you're supposed to say like before you buy it where are what are three places i could wear these or what are three things i could wear them with zero none of the things right i where would I wear them? No, but, but they, I yeah. wore them around the house today, and I love them. They're like those. Uh, the uh, you'll get this reference, like the blue Manola Blahniks that Sarah Jessica what? Parker walks into in the movie, Thank and they're just you. sitting there in the middle of the closet. Why did you yeah. look at me saying I would get that reference? You and I love uh, Sex in the City. What is, I, I've never seen it. <laughs> I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. I know, but there. they're like those kind of shoes. They you are. Just gotta have them. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, that was to. big news. That is big news. Also, her hair's big news. Oh yeah. Speaking of it's big, big, yeah. It's, anyway, yeah. <laughs> big. She got the top bun going on. Big glasses. <laughs> like all, all, all happening. Every people don't realize that ever since the video thing uh, has started for us, it is the the the, the moment of anticipation, the adventure <laughs> of when the screen comes on. And Shauna's yeah. there. Yeah. Which Shauna is going to be here this week? It's right. really fun. And you all comment, and you're like, "Oh, hi! Oh, oh, the, oh, the hair! Oh, the yeah. whatever!" Well, there's just a like, lo- that doesn't happen in real life. Like when I go to a meeting, it's not like every man in the room is like, "Oh, oh, the glasses today." But <laughs> only on the podcast, it's I get a lot of feedback. Just which Shauna? It's just a, yeah. you're our interesting because we all look the same. I mean, yeah. Jesse has a beard that goes in and out by a centimeter for every show, but it's like. <laughs> Well, yeah. by the by the hour. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but by the end of the show. You <laughs> yeah, and we all look generally the same, but you're like the one, you know, bright spot in the room. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I go I my my big variance is is it a navy blue shirt or a black shirt? Right. You know, or maybe a dark gray. Yeah, red for me is it the red shirt or the blue shirt? Maybe the white shirt if I'm feeling dusky, <laughs> but mostly <laughs> patriotic uh, uh, closet you have. 
God bless America. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Uh, coming up later, uh, John Acuff, author and blogger and speaker, John Acuff joins us on the show. New new segment with him. He's been on the show before, but it's not that Yeah, one. this is actually to talk to him about his new book called right. Do-Over. Right. Yeah. We're, we're interviewing him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then after that, uh, a fantastic band, Kopecky, is joining oh. us. They have a new album coming out on Tuesday. It's really good. Great. They used to be called the Kopecky Family Band. Now you can't. And long. they've reinvented themselves as Kopecky. I think there was a rift in oh. the family. I oh, don't like know, a falling like, out. I, did, like, well, I hope that was one of the questions. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The whole let's, thing let's is just down, let's, let's get right down to family business. Here. Yeah. Kopecky yeah. family business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a big week. Okay, so you know this is where we do entertainment releases. It's a big week for entertainment. Have you guys been following the uh, TV upfronts uh, that have been announced? Oh, I like have. What, I, I, I've, like, I've seen, you know, especially for like the big, you know, uh, tent poles for the networks. I don't know what an upfront is. I've heard a lot about it, but it's, I don't know what it is. Yeah, you guys are like industry insiders at this point. Yes. I don't know what any of these words well, mean. Well, so each network has a fall schedule. Yeah. Sure. And, and right now in May, every year, they will announce their fall schedule to advertisers to yeah. try yeah. and book all the ads for the fall. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. And so we now know kind of what's coming on all the networks this fall. Yeah. And it's uh, created quite, quite the... Uh, uh, industry buzz. Yeah. You know, there's, okay. There's only one I care about. We'll we'll get to it. Okay. So, sure. so, so I have one that I care about. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple highlights that I noticed. ABC announced yes. that the Muppets is That's coming back. The one. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, we posted a trailer on the uh, on the website this past week, and it was very very funny. It, I like. It, it, the spin is it's going to be like an adult show. Yeah. Not like yeah. dirty. Not like wink wink. Adult. Yeah. <laughs> No. Not like late not after. Like wild. Yeah, it's not ABC. It's the Cinemax. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But the, the great thing about the Muppets is that it's always been its own sort of unique brand of satire. That if you if you have a kid that's watching it, they're going to think it's funny. But it works on a lot of different levels. And this one seems particularly self aware and satirical, even making fun of like sitcom tropes, at least in the trailer. Yeah, I can't. So who's wait. doing this one? Is it Jason Segel? I don't. I don't know. No, I just, I, I no it's, it, the, it's still like Jim Henson's uh, Empire or whatever, but it, okay. it's it's not related to uh, so not related to the, the movies that came out recently. No, it's, yeah, it's the old nineteen seventies show. It's the old seventies yeah. show just being Fun. remade. Yeah, it's the variety show format and all I that. I can't love wait. It. I yeah. can't wait. So they'll have the, like the the star guests. I hope the, it really catches on. I love variety shows and the Muppets. Well, have, then like, this is the fall for you, Eddie. Yes, we'll we'll get to the more of those in a minute. So ABC is also doing another uh, adaptation of Uncle Buck that's coming out as a show. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know. Wild. Um, a fourth drama from Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, on ABC. Yeah, she, she's just own it. Her and Mark Burnett are basically all of primetime. I gotta yeah. be honest. I didn't know she had more than one. I mean, she's the scandal person, right? The scandal. But then there was like the one after scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. She oh. had uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. She has Grey's Anatomy. Oh, and I then, didn't realize all mm-hmm. that. Oh, and then, interesting. Yep. Yeah, and then and now she has a new one coming out. Uh, but uh, also ABC, the one that's notable to me, there's a drama that they're doing called Of Kings and Prophets, and it's about King Saul and David. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. That should be good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Fox. So uh, many Bible-y things right now. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, a, lot of, a lot of crossover in that one, because actually it's going to be uh, m- m- played by Fozzie Bear. King Saul <laughs> is going to be Fozzie, so it's going to be... The Muppets waka, doing waka. Bible dramas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, there's so many Bible... It, like, we're, we're working on the next you issue of Relevant it? right now, the July issue of Relevant, and in our front matter, you know, we cover a wide variety of things, a little short, blurby stuff, but, uh, you know, we like to keep our finger on the like faith and culture beat. Yeah. And so it seems like 
you know, for a while there, we were covering the Pope every issue. You know, right. like he was doing something notable and wonderful. We love him. The, and the it, Pope, the Pope was last year Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just everything was newsworthy. Just a kingmaker. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And then this the year, Pope. every it seems like every it's, issue, there's like another full page thing that we do about like another Jesus movie or another huge star doing a Bible movie or whatever. And it's like, and yet again in this one. And so we're kind of going. Like, do we? It's like we keep covering these things, but I'm going. We're like in a moment of time. This is what's happening. So, just yeah. you'd like you. You wish kind of we'd cover the Bible less, Cameron no. Strang. <laughs> no, well, I'm just well, like, it's, it's I feel interesting. Like we, I feel like we keep publishing the same thing. I'm like, oh, there's another Jesus movie. Oh, there's another Bible TV show, which is a great weird problem to have. Yeah. Well, right? maybe when the media starts waking up, that's all we'll have on television. Finally. <laughs> well, well, like there's three shows coming out that all have to do with a. Uh, a twist on a Bible narrative that I don't think will be all that appealing to Christians, but I'm not making a judgment about the creative uh, value of the product. But one of them, there's Lucifer, where Lucifer leaves his throne in hell uh, because he gets bored, and he comes to fight crime with the LAPD, which actually is what a concept. Well, it's a DC Comics take. Yeah, adaptation. Yeah, it's an adaptation of the DC Comics Lucifer. That's coming out on... A fox. Uh, oh, you this had fall. to be. Had to be yeah, fox. And fox. AMC is adapting another comic, uh, Preacher, which is from uh, uh, Seth Rogen oh. um, and uh, his collaborators, which is about a preacher that is possessed by this supernatural beast that has to go and, and look for God. Is he a televangelist? Some... No, he <laughs> he's like a small town Texas preacher. Ah. Uh, um, and then I, there's actually a, one other one that is uh, another comic book adaptation that, that's coming out. Um, I think it's called Outcast, and that one's on Cinemax about a possessed uh, preacher. And that's from the graphic novel uh, Frank Miller, graphic novelist Frank Miller, I think it is, the guy who did The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Um, Shauna, have we, have we talked about the one you're excited about yet, Shauna? No, okay. I'm not excited. I'm sad. Oh, okay. About so, one. oh I know. So, it, so yeah. New Girl is being delayed till 2016. Uh, oh. A lot of our a lot of our readers oh, love New Girl, no. so it's being delayed. So it's kind of getting marginalized oh. uh, on Fox. And Fox is also doing a reimagining of Frankenstein as a modern day cop show. Oh, <laughs> this time he's edgy. Um, uh, NBC, this Fire. NBC <laughs> is a train wreck that you can't look away from, and they have the m- most notable things that, of all of them. Uh, so the network was one time in, in its heyday synonymous with TV comedy. Yeah. This fall, two comedies. Yeah. One returning and one new one. Two. Great. And they're both being shoved to Friday nights. So they're Great. just both just like, they're, they're banished. Uh, the one that's coming back is Undateable. That's the only one uh, that's returning is Undateable. Hmm. Uh, but here's the twist. It will be broadcast live for every episode. First time in 20 years that uh, there's been a live TV series. Should we call them and be like, hey, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> it's harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the that's thing about lame. live, I feel like it's fun for the novelty of it. Right. Like when 30 Rock did the live episodes, yeah. it was fun because you knew it was live and half the jokes were about it being live, yeah. you know, because 30 Rock's right. that kind of show. But I don't know if I would just tune into a regularly live sitcom. No, no. The only reason I would watch it is to hope something goes disastrously wrong. Yeah. yeah. Right. Every show does that and it always like ER did it West Wing did it and yeah but not they, the whole series no I know so but every like time they do bad. the live one you're like yeah, yeah. okay well yeah. that reminds me of the show I liked so then mid-season NBC is adding four more comedies okay oh. including one that nobody was clamoring for no. a revival of Coach 
Wait, wait, you said no one was clamoring Is for Craig it? Craig T. Nelson in it? I don't know. Yeah, the whole cast, is, it, it, uh, it, it's a sequel to the series, I, I do believe. And I think, I want to say it's like coaches, Craig T. Nelson's son is like a coach and he's coming to like mentor him or something. But Cameron, there have been people, have, have you guys been to the LA studio lots out in California? No. I mean, they have been camped out. For it's been I think twelve and a half years now, <laughs> and uh, you know it's just been relentless. There are people who have just uprooted their lives and just said demanded to bring like Jerry Van Dyke has been off TV. He's got to come back for far for far too long for anyone's good. And 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 NBC is doing right. Uh, and, and and our cries. Our cries in the desert have been heard. <laughs> uh, the NBC is also adding a variety show to primetime okay, from get- Neil Patrick Harris. It's called Little Big Shots, and it's featuring kid performers. Oh. Mm. We're almost there. I like Neil Patrick Harris. I like variety shows. I do not think kids are that talented. Uh, like if, it, that was a, if that was a Letterman segment, they right. would work. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to work. It's like a full hour. NBC, you know? NBC is also doing a musical. You know, they've been doing like Peter Pan or whatever. They're doing oh. a special musical, The Wiz. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Did you hear about their big mid-season, uh, 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 middle of the fall extravaganza? Tribute to fireworks. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> no. Nice, nice thirty rock. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but that's what it feels like. That's that what there it feels are executives, like. <laughs> there are executives in their office. They've just run out of ideas. They're like, no, okay, yeah. a variety show that's like Neil Patrick Harris. And kids, maybe pets, I don't know. Green light. Here's my favorite, though. You know, we're in the Bible era, okay? So the network has also announced uh, a TV movie that they've made. Yeah. Code of Many Colors. Oh, about Joseph. About the life of Dolly Parton. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's like they're trying to trick the Christian viewers, and then they're like, oh, you're watching Dolly. She's wholesome. Okay, fine. I mean, but, but we've, the, we've the Christian, a lot of the Christians that would tune in are, are like people that I feel like would frequent Branson, and so they'd probably be into it either way. Either way. Yeah. Hey, Code I, of Many Colors. So, of course, that's about Dolly Parton. So, Shauna, you're the one I'm guessing you're sad about was Mindy, right? Yeah. Yeah, you love, love that show. love Mindy. She's yeah. gone, but she's not gone forever. She's going to go the way of, right? Isn't she? Hulu. Yeah. Oh, come Hulu. Back. Yeah, Hulu yeah. picked it up. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Fail on network, you have internet life. It's yeah. interesting. I like it. I like it. It's fine with me. I don't know how they're paying for it, but okay. <laughs> right, that's always the thing. Yeah. How does how does Netflix pay for these things? Everybody's still paying the same amount a month. There's no ad on the beginning of it. Is yeah. it just they assume like there will be more subscribers because now they can yeah. watch House of Cards? HBO model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, and I don't. I could be wrong about this, but I don't think Netflix is profitable at the moment. No, wow. I think it has I, to be. I, I think they're they're still in a mode where they're investing so heavily in themselves that they're they're hoping that the model will get so strong that it will eventually uh, come to profitability. But I could I could be wrong about that. But let's, I thought let's I get read Adam, their- let's get Adam to fact check that. Yeah, for you. <laughs> real quick, Adam. Yeah. Have you guys watched Bloodline on Netflix? No, I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, I I really liked it. I mean, it's set in the Florida Keys, so you guys would be like, "Oh, I get it. I see this every day." But for me, <laughs> story of my life, palm trees, you know. It, and it's um, Coach Taylor, who I love. Oh, I do Friday love Night him. Lights. Yeah. And um, a woman from Mad Men that I really liked, the Italian neighbor um, that uh, Don, uh, you know, kind of has an affair with. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, he liked her. Too. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. I like it. Ooh, okay. I I, I liked that uh, the 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 Tina Fey. 
sh- the comedy on I did Netflix. Too. Yeah, Kimmy yeah, Schmidt. That got yeah, better. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, I did get better, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just started watching The Wire finally, so I'm 15 years behind. Uh, uh, have you seen it? Oh, it's I own the box set DVD. It's it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Somebody just got killed last night in an episode. I'm in the first season that I was not expecting what? to die. In the first season? Oh, okay. No, but I just if got you it, like I, the first season, yeah. Second, third, blow your mind. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Great. Good. I'm on top of the relevant beat. Let's talk about the 15 wire. years later. <laughs> uh, so good segue, entertainment news. So entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, May 19th. Jamie Foxx is coming out with Hollywood. Oh. A He's a good Sp- singer. Yeah, Star Spangled Banner at the, at the, <laughs> yeah. at the fight. Uh, hot chip. Did you watch the fight? No. Oh, yeah. I, didn't no, I, don't, I, don't. I was on a plane. I, I didn't huh. think that his his uh, Star Spangled Banner or national anthem, uh, or, or should I say, was uh, uh, all that bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could have been so much more. Like, it was competent. It was just creative. I mean, people were hating on it, and he's up there. Get do it. Everyone's heard it a thousand times. The guy goes does a little fresh take, puts a little church organ on there. I didn't hear it. what happened. Brings a little, brings some runs in to keep it interesting. I got no problem with it. <laughs> Uh, I think he saluted America in his own way. I think is the I, best. I think way I think haters are gonna hate, and Jamie Foxx don't care. <laughs> Jesse Carey, uh, <laughs> haters gonna hate, and Jamie Foxx don't care. Perfect. Hot Chip is coming out with Why Make Sense. Yeah, there you go. It, Emery is still making music. Uh, you were never alone. They're coming out. Oh. Uh, yeah, Tan Lines, uh, who you actually heard at the beginning of the show, Tan Lines is coming out with Highlights. It's summer, you know, so of course that's when they released Makes their sense. new album. And uh, Kapeki, our, our guest here on the show this week, is coming out with Drug for the Modern Age. Movies coming out on Friday, May 22nd. There's only two of note. Uh, Poltergeist is being remade. No, thank you. And Coach and The Muppet Show. <laughs> and there's no new ideas in Hollywood. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everything old is new again. And uh, Tomorrowland, uh, George Clooney, uh, Brittany Robertson, Hugh Laurie. I can get down with that. Yeah. I, I, I still can't figure out, like, why they called it Tomorrowland? Right, like Disney. Yeah, like it doesn't look like Tomorrowland. Does it have anything to do with Disney? Is it a yeah, Disney project? Made, yeah, yeah it, well, it's based on the Tomorrowland attraction loosely, but they're keeping plot details somewhat tight-lipped. But uh, um, I can tell you the synopsis. Bound by a shared destiny, a bright, optimistic teen bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor, George Clooney, jaded by disillusionment, embark on a danger-filled mission to unearth the secrets of an enigmatic place somewhere in time and space that exists in their collective memory as Tomorrowland. Well, I gotta say, well, that's pretty close to my experience going to Disney. That's not <laughs> altogether that far off. Well, it's, it's, it's being, uh, one of the writers is uh, Damian Lindoff. Um... Oh, the, lost. the lost guy. You and so it, it'll probably had some twists and turns in there. You yeah. never cease to amaze me, Jesse, with the amount of junk that you have at your disposal immediately. It's really true. Yeah. Well, I think I spend so <laughs> I spend a, like a, a, such a huge amount of my life sitting in front of a laptop looking for things that are remotely interesting to post on a website uh, <laughs> that my mind absorbs. A, a tremendous amount of purely useless information. By the way, <laughs> Netflix will be globally profitable by the year 2017. Wow. You are really yeah. something, Jesse. So uh, so there we go. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. I know nothing useful. Like if my car broke down, 
Right. There'd be nothing I can do. I, I, I'm not even entirely sure I know where to even pop the hood in my, <laughs> on my car. Like I, I might, I'd probably be like releasing the emergency brake or something. But if you ask me about the co-writer of an upcoming Disney film. Uh, yeah, I got that. I might lock. know that. I got that on lock. Or, or the, the cast and plot synopsis of the Coach reboot. <laughs> That'll get me out of a jam on the side of the highway. That's right. Mechanic, I have no way to pay you. But let me tell Let's you this. Let's talk coach, though. Coach's son is back. I can pay you in coaches and coach knowledge. <laughs> Something more valuable than our currency. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Slices. And I say, You're listening to X Ambassadors. The song is Renegades. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Tan Lines uh, with their new single, Pieces. Yeah. Cool. Tan Lines. Do you have any Tan Lines yet? It's I, summer. A couple. <laughs> 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 All right. It's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay. So, uh, real quick, we'll lift behind the curtain. JD, one of these may be a surprise to you. Oh. I hope that's okay, because I had a last-minute change of heart. Um so this is, is a two for both of these are pretty short, but they're very related to each other. Uh, you guys know I'm a huge advocate of not just pizza, but pizza technology. <laughs> right. Like, I feel like things that do with pizza propel humanity forward right. in ways that we could only previously imagine. Tomorrowland. Literally, Definitely. Literally didn't I'm, send I'm, this. I'm totally with you. Literally did not send this to you because I knew this about this moment. Keep going. <laughs> this, this is right in your file folder. <laughs> Do it, Jesse. So, th- so there's like a couple driving forces for humanity. <laughs> Just wait. Oh, that, you know, elevates... Our need to create, right. our need to imagine a better world. You know, some of those things are like disease eradication. Yeah. Some, you know, we, we come up with medicines and technologies. Right. And Exploration into space. Exactly. Like all these things come out of that Velcro. This need and hunger, desire to see what lies beyond. And then there's also just the, the ability to get pizza into our mouths faster. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. Totally. Like I've probably put those are the top three things that has elevated technology, design, and innovation for the last two centuries. So uh, two of these innovations I want to talk about really briefly today. One is just kind of uh, uh, fun because I feel like we're big fans of emojis. It's been a kind of an up-and-coming, t- it's been a frequent topic on the podcast lately. Domino's Pizza has made it so that if you register your Twitter account with their online app deal uh, so that they know that they can authenticate you, from then on, all you have to do is tweet a, p- a pizza emoji to them, and they will deliver a pizza to you. No. no oh, that, that's next level. That is, it is next level. Like, that is so sorry, Steve. Sorry, Apple. Sorry, Google. 
it's Domino's that thought of this, and it's the desire for people to to want an effortless. I mean, it's soon when when, when telepathy becomes a reality, it's going to be the pizza makers yeah. that do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is this like the the beginning of 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 the, of the fact that eventually all emojis will be orderable? Like you could send the eggplant, right. and Publix will deliver it to you. Yeah, you could. All right. I don't know. Do Snake. the goat, and some sort of local farmer will you you purchase the goat? Snake dragon. Yeah. I, see, I'm going. The local even, dojo would right. send you a gift certificate. <laughs> snake dragon, thinking, snake dragon, snake dragon hospital. I, I'm thinking even further ahead. This is the beginning of emojis eliminating the need for any awkward human to human actual interfacing or communication. Oh yeah, that's all. That's all we're after. I mean, I just tweeted you a thumbs up. Good, good slice. <laughs> Well exactly, and you know what? You wouldn't have to awkwardly say that to me, right? Right. If I would have just seen the emote, you know, it eliminates all of that. Right. Yeah, I don't want to tell you you did a good job. What a brave new world. Yeah, it is. It is. But I have another story that will underscore my point: the importance of teaching pizza technology. The rare double slice. Jesse this Terry. is a uh, twofer, as I say in the biz. The double stuff slice, <laughs> if you were. <laughs> which is what they call the business in the biz. <laughs> I got to tell you, every time Shauna drinks from her cup, I think it's upside down because I think it's a V on her cup, but it's just an A. Oh, it's an A. I'm drinking out of Aaron's cup today. But every oh yeah, it does look like every single yeah. time I think she's got the cup. She's just down. like <laughs> gnawing on the bottom of the mug. <laughs> Jesse slices the longest slice in the world. I'm eating glass to try to get. It. <laughs> Hint taken. I won't do the second part. Just kidding. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'll because, my other because this this incredibly high concept slice mm. needs to be underscored by yet another pizza story. <laughs> Uh, so a woman – it starts off tragically. So a woman in Florida was with her children when her disgruntled boyfriend came and, and uh, uh, broke in, and he was armed with a knife and began to hold the family hostage. It's terrible. Uh, it's terrible, Jesse. It is a terrible story. How could this possibly be rectified? The hostage situation is extending throughout the afternoon into the evening. Mm -hmm. Inevitably – the hostages are going to get hungry. Robber emoji, thumbs down, pizza, uh, <laughs> moon. <laughs> Alien. So, so, so the the woman decides that, as Cameron said, time went by and, and the hostages and hostage taker are getting pretty hungry. Yeah. So she asked for permission to use her Pizza Hut app, Bingo. which she frequently uses, to go ahead and order the family and hostage the hostages and the hostage taker pizza. I, I love this. In the comments section, Love she wrote... Like the driver uh, uh, instructions, right? Yeah, she said, please... Yeah, this is where you can write, like... Ring, you know, gate code 473 or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, what, what, yeah. What, uh, please please help uh, get 911 to me um, uh, and, and indicated she was being held hostage. Well, she's a frequent user of this app, and so the people at her local Pizza Hut knew that this was not a joke. Like, she usually does not play around with the app. So they, sure enough, they alerted the local authorities. Police arrived into the hostage situation, arrested the disgruntled boyfriend. There's one critical element that isn't mentioned at this story. Did they get the pizza? That's exactly <laughs> what you want to know. Yeah. Because she couldn't have gone through with it unless she ordered something. Yeah. You got yeah, so yeah, so we can paid. only assume. Did, she, did it get delivered? Yeah, right. That's, quite, that's true. We can, we can only like this. I just picture. Did the police bring the pizza? That's uh, yeah. They 
the, the, the picture I have in my imagination is like the SWAT team with that cool uh, like battering ram thing, like yeah. comes through the door, the guys with the guns and, you know, the night vision and all of that. They're just swatted out. They take down the hostage taker and right behind them is a Pizza Hut delivery man <laughs> with a hot pepperoni pizza. Here you go. Here's so your order. Like the moral of the story is you should have a good relationship with your pizza delivery person yeah, right. so that they when you need help they know like hey i know this lady and she's not messing around right now right because that's your first line that's what you want you well, want I mean, you want help and a pizza well think about it i mean they had that Amen. whole the I, <laughs> life alert i fall and i can't get up thing right. you know you guys talked about it a few weeks ago the pizza button yeah. you know that you put on your on your yeah. fridge i mean you don't have time to get to your phone and dial nine one one. but if you mash the it's pizza button so if you've numbers. fallen yeah, yeah then well, you know help is on its way right or, or even that it's like either this person just ordered a hundred and twenty seven pizzas or they just sent me the Morse code for call 911 right now. <laughs> Bring them 127 pizzas and call 911 to be safe. Yeah, let's do both. Or the Domino's well, guy gets... I mean, regardless, if you eat 127 pizzas, call 911 for that person. Right. So yeah, either, either way, way, they're not going to yeah, go wrong right. there. Yeah, nothing's going right. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the Domino's guy just gets a tweet that's pizza, gun, police. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, there's a hostage situation. Gotta get there. Call 911 and get these people a pizza. Right. Ambulance, slice of pizza, thumbs up. Call 911. Snake dragon, snake dragon. Snake dragon, get these snake people dragon. a pizza. Hospital ice cream cone. All right. What do you yeah, they're made, they, their house was invaded by a snake dragon. <laughs> get over there ASAP. Bring pizza. All right. What do you have, Shauna? Oh, so imagine with me, it, you know, it's at least here, it's, it's starting to become springtime. It's cold today, but. Uh, people are kind of starting to have to take care of their lawns again. They're getting tan after lines. the winter. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has to do kind of the spring cleanup. So imagine if you went to Walmart and you were like, "I need uh, a lawnmower," and in fact, I, I need a riding lawnmower. Awesome. What would you do? Go and get a riding. Get a riding lawnmower at Walmart. Right, I would go, go and uh, tell the clerk. I would say I'd like to purchase that riding lawnmower, and right. then he would bring me a ticket and say, I'll, uh, "Pay for it. I'll bring it around back." Maybe I'll do a uh, Google, like an um, Amazon review, look at it real quick, make sure I'm getting the yeah, right. Yeah, good mower. Pr- and a good price. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. 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 And ultimately, I mean, you purchase that mower. Right. Yeah, I mean, those are all good ideas. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, whatever. Another way to do it, mm-hmm. which is what a gentleman in Nebraska did, <laughs> yes. walked into Walmart. Yep. Uh, with a gas can. Got to do it. And uh, something with which he can cut a chain link fence. Oh, no. Perfect. Gassed up a mower. Practical. Started it up. Out of, out of here. Left the premises. Uh-huh. Cut the chain link fence. Brilliant. Uh-huh. Got on the interstate. Took it home. <laughs> left left 1,200 The in interstate. <laughs> interstate 80. It's a, a, yep. a beeline. It's a direct shot to his house. There's a yeah. real mix to him between the level of intelligence and also <laughs> the lack of intelligence. You're like, you had the wherewithal to bring gas and clippers. You would, or, yeah. you know, the chain link fence cutter. Yeah. But then you got on the interstate. Yeah. He <laughs> went 10 miles. <laughs> Those things go slow. They feel fast, but they're not well, going fast. That's like also, an hour and a half. The, ne- the, yeah. the Nebraska police <laughs> don't have any conveyance methods. They have to walk yeah, everywhere they go. There's yeah. not a lawnmower emoji. Yeah. You can... yeah. No, there's not at all. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, that's uh, he, he had a plan. And it did not go according. But I feel like 10 miles is a long way to yeah, get. It is. Really. I, his plan worked. I'm sorry. His plan worked. Those are yeah. 10 nicely uh, cut miles, though. He was right down the median. It was so <laughs> It was so convenient. I think the other issue with that is that's 10 miles of people driving by going like, huh, got a lawnmower. Huh, huh, got a lawnmower. Weird. Yeah. Can, I, you can't really say the plan was a failure. 
No. It's just a matter of proximity. Well, you would have thought he would pick a place a little bit closer than 10 miles. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like if he would have had a eight-mile or a right. five-mile path, he would have scot-free. He stayed too long. He overstayed his welcome. He didn't leave on a high note. This what about is like a truck in the parking lot? He just drives it up into the truck? Gone, yeah, just, right? You assume he has a truck. Even just ditches it in the woods, comes back six hours later, True, yeah. drives it 10 miles home. You're probably going to get home at night on that. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. There's so many. Take a back road. Once again, we have uh, we have had a nice conversation about how we would break the law. <laughs> we always end up doing yeah. like, oh, here's how you'd, here's how you'd stash yeah. a body. Nebraska <laughs> people, come on. You're, you're going to really yeah, get Yeah, I feel like one of the design flaws also is the entire thing was captured on the security footage camera. Oh. Like they see him walking in with the gas can. Gassing it up like it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I think part part of it too is if there's a, if you're in the if you're in like a Home Depot or whatever, and there's a guy with a gas can going to fill a lawnmower, yeah. and he's doing it with enough swag and enough confidence, you assume he's supposed to be doing that. Totally. Like my impulse isn't. I think that guy's up to no good. I'd be like, clearly, that guy didn't just bring a gas tank in yeah, here to go the, fill. It's the Toro rep. And yeah, he's going to do totally. a demonstration. Yeah. yeah he, oh, I just didn't get the memo. It's oh, fine. he's cutting the chain link fence. That seems totally normal. Yeah, interesting. Well, Lock must be broke. I, I don't know a lot, but I know these Toro reps. They're pretty resourceful, so I'm just not going to worry about this. He knows what he's doing. It looks like he's getting on the on-ramp to the interstate. Interesting. <laughs> kind of a demo feature. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's shown us maybe the horsepower. he needs to show it yeah, can go yeah. 10 miles. Yeah. Let him. Let it go. Let him go. He's got to do what he's got to do. Showed us the range yeah. of the, the Toros. He'll right. be back. Right. Yeah. I always default in a weird situation. I just think, I bet that guy's a rep for the for the landscape equipment maker Toro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Toro. I'm, I'm just not going to worry about it. Yeah. We need a Toro rep emoji. Who <laughs> did it? Toro rep. Resourceful and also probably criminal. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> All right. What do you have, Eddie? I actually, this is a, uh, a lady's choice. Shauna, I've got two slices. I'd like to give you the choice of which slice you would like me uh, to do. Okay. Number one is another emoji slice. Uh -huh. Number two is a disgusting slice that your boys will like. Ooh, I'm torn. Mm, it's hard, isn't it? Can you do them both really fast? When Steve Easton, yes, was about seven years old, uh, his parents uh, noticed that one of the toys in, uh, in his room was gone, and they were looking all over for it, and the mom had a feeling that maybe he had swallowed it, uh, swallowed it or inhaled it. Have you ever had this situation with one of your boys? I've wondered. I've, yeah. I've asked some hard questions, yeah. Like, someday you're going to find, like, uh, pennies and marbles in their tummies. Um, yeah. So uh, they took him to the hospital, got him x-rayed, uh, could not find anything, uh, and they just said, well, I guess we just lost the toy, but the mom said that she always had a feeling. Now, all through Sweet Steve's life, as he was growing up, he had uh, some pretty severe allergies that they could never quite get a hold of, always had a runny nose, always had a difficult time, and one day, uh, last week, the 51-year-old, now 51-year-old uh, Steve, sneezed, and out of his nose popped uh, the first part of the dart that he had stuck up his nose as a child. So it was one of those darts with the suction cup on the end. You know, you play on those no. little... <laughs> those are long. It was huge. I saw a picture of it. It was huge. So it had gone up his nose. He didn't remember, didn't tell his mom, which is the other weird thing to me. Like, my girls, my old, Eve, if, if she's three and a half, if I had to press her and go, 
sweetheart, like, no, there's no consequences, but I need to know if you put something up your nose. She would say, yes, daddy, I put a dart up my nose. But this kid at seven just lied and just, no, no, nothing in my nose. So he started to sneeze and out pops a little tiny bit of the dart, at which point he said, hold on, I got to find his exact quote. Um, he, he, he says, I thought, what's this? Where did this come from? And then I pulled out a rubber sucker. And so it was one of those darts with the rubber thing on the end. The doctors looked him over, said that he was absolutely fine. And then in what is absolutely the worst part of the story, he kept it in his pocket for a little while to tell his friends, and then he threw it away. And that's it. So this guy. So just know. That's something you keep on your shelf, because that is a conversation starter at any party you get forever. That, you get one of those like baseball cases. You put that in there. People go, why is that? You're like, Cause that was, why is that on your shelf? Because that was with me my graduation. That was with me yeah. birth of my first child. Yeah, that, that was thing making... was with you your whole life. Why are you throwing it away? Oh, man. My, um, our three-year-old went through a little phase. Uh, we're past it now, but he would stick things in his diaper. Yeah. Oh. Like, like instead of in his pocket. And every time he did it, of course, I thought this came through, right? Oh. Right? So, like, one day when it's a double A battery, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, did, did you put this in your mouth? And he looks at me like I'm dumb. He's like, no, I put it in my diaper. I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. I see that it's in the diaper now. Yeah. Then he, yeah, he did convince me it was, he just tucks things there sometimes. But I would also, right? he's like, but also, good idea putting it in my mouth. I never <laughs> thought about that. That's a quicker way to the That's diaper. another storage spot. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, the way that you frame this initially was as if this was some, like, dark secret he's been hiding his whole life. No. Like, at seven. Well, he kind of was but he didn't know and he said that he went back and talked to his mom and his mom was like yeah you don't remember that whole thing where we like took you to the hospital and they checked you out he's like no i have no recollection how did, of this. How did the hospital not find it this x-ray see these things plastic i mean i'm not putting it, to, it is you're right exactly it's plastic maybe yeah, if they didn't do x-rays maybe if you look up no, there you with, would see it uh, maybe if you look up there with, years ago yeah if you look up there with your little light though and you don't see anything you're not going to be like you know what like I'm, I'm probably running x-ray, even though I can see an inch and a half up that guy's nose. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, he has to have been deep up in there. That's crazy. It's totally wow. disgusting. Like makes my brain hurt a little bit. I, I know. Think it like, did he out. always have headaches? Yeah, he always had, he, like, had like all sorts of like allergy symptoms and unknown like sniffles and things when he did have a virus. I'm like... Uh, Claritin can you gotta clear dart that your right up. You gotta dart in your nose, homie. Oh. Well, wow. and in my second quickly related emoji slice, um, it's not as important as pizza, but the WWF, not wrestling, the Worldwide Fund for Nature, uh, easy mistake, has launched a I new fund. I think it's the World Wildlife Foundation. World, no, no, no. Worldwide Fund for Nature. That's what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says here in the article. The Worldwide well, Fund for Nature. Well, then that's not w WWF. That's WWFN. I, I, I'm looking at news, and it's an actual news source. Jesse, can you clarify this while I talk? So have, have Adam fact check this. So, the, world, the World Wildlife Fund. Yeah, that's WWF. Well, then we. That's why the WWF had to change their name to the WWE, because WWF, World Wildlife Fund, uh, owns the acronym. Well, I got to tell you this. We're going to have to talk to this new site, and I will email them a very strongly worded letter <laughs> very soon. Oh, but you know, maybe For Nature is part of their long formal name. World Wildlife Fund for we, Nature? We are regretting this second slice, aren't we? <laughs> either, either way. We, and, I, then I, I thought, and then what? <laughs> so basically, you can tweet hashtag endangered emoji and then use any of the approved animals that are already on your uh, 
on on your phone, so you can use the elephant, the panda, the green turtle. They do not have snake dragon, which is a huge oh, regret. But you can hashtag endangered emoji, tweet one of those, and they will uh, give. 11 cents to the cause of that animal. So like the Asian elephant, there's conflict with humans. We could bankrupt this thing. Right. Here's the thing, though. At the end of the entire campaign, when it's all done, they tweet you your bill and then allow you to go on and pay for... They're like, okay, you tweeted the elephant 22 times. So here's 22 times times 11 cents. Uh, and then, but you don't have to pay it. No, and then they're like, you can pay less. But I thought it was an interesting well, fundraiser. You don't have to pay anything it's, at all. it's all fun and games. So you get that bill for sixty six cents. <laughs> well, but my, <laughs> but my, I regret those six tweets. I think my instinct though is I do want to tweet endangered fun, but with animals that aren't on it, and see how they a cow like just every day. Just like, <laughs> do you get a bill for the cow? Cow, cow tweets. Cow it? dog, <laughs> snake dragon hospital, and I do that every day. And they're like, why would you? Anyhow, we're, we're not the um, WWE. Can, can I ask an emoji question and don't laugh at me? Hash, uh, yes, hashtag yes. For real. Okay, um, thumbs up, what, red heart. What is the thing with the alien? Tell me about the alien. It is uh, from another planet. They may or may not exist depending on how you view. I don't like, know. Like, are you asking, like, when would you ever use it? No, because lots of people are using it. Oh, no, in, no, no, no. In contexts that don't make sense. And I read that it was that if, that like, if the. It's an error. Right. Yeah. So if you haven't updated to your to the new right. emoji keyboard, and somebody who has oh. tweets one of the new emojis that you can't see, it will display an alien face to you. Okay, oh. I read that, but then there was a part of me that's like, what if that's not true? And there is like a secret thing going on that I just don't understand. And people are trying to say something like really cool and clever, and I'm just like, oh, I think this is just an error. I will say, no, you just I, haven't updated your no, emoji no, no, keyboard. No, Shauna, clearly actu- not. Actually, just so you know, that's what uh, all of us that are in the know say to those that are not in the know. That's what I thought. <laughs> because the alien thing is way cooler than you even know. <laughs> Sorry, the secret Shana. alien really club isn't going to Because I only deal. use the red heart ever. Why would I ever have ever. to update my emojis? Oh, speaking of which, you got tatted up. You got the emoji on your arm. I did. You I did? did? Look at her arm. Look at her Instagram once in a while. You learn a lot about her. That one says yes. Wow. And she got the red heart. Yeah. Can you tell us? It's a big week. Can you tell us more about it? That was this week? Last week, last Tuesday. For the love of God, you follow her on Instagram. She Instagrams it all in real time. You could see it. I I didn't. Okay. I missed it. Can I missed t- the national in. moment. Can you tell us what uh, caused this and why? what the significance of it is? Well, you know, I have a couple other tattoos, so it, it wasn't like, you know, huh. all of a sudden this grown-up lady decides today's the day. <laughs> grown-up lady. Um, and I had been meaning to get more, and I just never had. And we have this good friend who owns this beautiful tattoo shop, and I kept meaning to go. Um So the heart, it's like super midlife. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I'm not 40, but I'm like very much like. In that headspace. What's the next season of my life going to be about? This is like my little red convertible. Right. um, Or whatever ladies do when they turn 40. Um, So the heart is kind of whatever I do from here on out in my life, whatever I write, whatever I build, whatever I accomplish, I want it to be built through love, not fear, not insecurity, not competition, not proving or pushing. Whatever I do, I want the fuel for it to be love. Um, and then the yes, and Cameron and I have talked about this a million times. We have this, you know, all these little pals who talk about what it means to say yes with our lives and be the kind of people who say yes. And so, again, I want to look at this second season or the whatever last half of my life and be the kind of person that says yes to the most important things, that doesn't live in fear, doesn't hide, doesn't shrink away from kind of the great opportunities ahead of me. I would, so, yeah. I would, That's very cool. I think it's awesome. And I would like one relevant podcast listener to say, yes, I will get Snake Dragon on me. yes i will do this i will i do want to see the snake dragon emoji tattoo tattoo. you have tattoos i do yeah 
<laughs> They're so boring to talk about. Who what cares? are they? Well, one's on my arm. It's uh, Justice, Mercy, Humility, first verse of the Bible I ever heard, Micah 6, 8, in my grandmother's handwriting. That's who wrote it, uh, oh. who read it to me for the first time. She wrote that verse. She's very old. She she did. <laughs> she she wrote it. She her was, name is Micah. She is Micah. Grandma Micah. And we, <laughs> and we love her. And she, and she, <laughs> um, <laughs> so silly. And then I have the uh, 18-year-old tattoo. Like room, uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's is, so it, is, it, is, it, is it a Dave Matthews lyric? <laughs> no, but it's, it could have been i mean i was right on that like that was in the it's just like a, i'm the third so it's like a roman numeral three on my shoulder oh. it's, it's stupid well and then you have that eagle that goes shoulder to shoulder on your oh, back oh but that one i always yeah. forget about that yeah. one yeah then the full the full body yeah. uh, you have the the dolphin jumping over the moon on your lower back of course yeah and course. you have like a tasmanian devil wearing the t-shirt of your favorite college football team i do i do Jesse, so, do you have tattoos i don't would you ever get one yeah i'm not i'm certainly not opposed to it i just i just don't I haven't got any at this point in my life. Don't you, Shauna, though, when you get one, you're always kind of ready for the next one? Like you start. Oh, totally. We were like not even through these, yeah. and we were like, we're totally coming back. Oh, oh we're yeah. totally doing this again. And we were, I mean, so it was like two moms from Barrington who had to like schedule babysitters to go get tattoos yes. at two o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Like, to like drive our SUV into the parking garage. I mean, it was like That's the my least favorite. rock and roll thing there yeah. ever was. Just Choco teenies while you're sitting there and <laughs> totally. getting your tats done. I love you guys. <laughs> and I'm like, I want a heart. And they're like, shut your face. Like I was a, like, no, I know. Really? No, we are artists. Yeah. Just <laughs> a red heart, please. Yeah, they were super nice to us. They were given strict instructions to be nice to us and not make fun of us. And they kind of did it. Yeah, that's I. It's their purview. I, I thought about getting like a like a quill, like a feather quill pen oh, on cool. my arm, but I feel like. You know, because I do technically write professionally, but it's like that's not really the thing something gets that someone gets when they they write jokes about pizza technology. Yeah. It's like, or, or the most read thing that they've ever written was what your pastor's genes say about their theology. That was a great article. I liked that Jesse, one. Thank you. That is really funny. But it's, man. it's just like it's like what yeah, technically I guess that qualifies as writing professionally. That, that email that 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 article killed me that week. Because yeah. it was like so good. But I had also written an article that I was like, I think this is my best writing, and it just it got demolished by <laughs> Pastor. I'm Jeans. sure. Well, well, you're you're using a, an interesting standard to say demolish because I'm sure it was much better writing. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But it was just when when you when you see that like most read story of the week, you're like, all right, I really did something. Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I have a different reaction now. It's like, okay, this is this is what this is what being a professional writer looks like for me. This a is mystical about jeans. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's why you don't get. Yeah, it on you your get arm. the you get the quill and say, "Oh, you're an author. What have you written?" And you get yeah. to send them links. Oh, uh, you've probably seen it. Yeah, you I've should get it. <laughs> I've written numerous widely shared li satirical listicles. Cam, you should get a tattoo. <laughs> no. I do like the quill idea. I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. Oh, thanks. What's your next tattoo? Then you come Shana? for Lala. We can go. Oh. Deal. Deal. Ooh, Ooh, I like it. it. I, will, I will seriously take you. I will, I'll Jesse. seriously do that. Because that's the big thing is you want an artist that somebody knows and really likes. I know likes. a place. Yeah. And it's right around the um, corner from a really good deli. Do they do flowers? Oh, they do. They live in anything you want. They did. Yeah. There was a chicken. Someone was getting a chicken when we were there. There's all kinds of stuff. All sorts yeah. of emojis. Yeah. yeah. That's my next one. Flowers. Flowers? Why? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cover up the tattoo that already exists because it's really small. And it, I, you're going to make fun of me, but I don't care. I'm still going to say it. And that's just the coolest tattoo. It's going to be the bouquet, the wedding, our wedding bouquet. Not like the whole thing with like the stems and everything, but that. And then the breeze and the girls' names around it. Uh, yeah, we're not going to make fun of that. 
Yeah, but you kind of should. No, why? Well, if we it's were your if we wife were, and family. Yeah, but if we were broing down, I would expect you to make fun of that. <laughs> you can't even say the word broing down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at this guy. He's dedicated to his family. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love you. Because you can't even say bro down with a straight face. Look at this big nerd. He loves his wife and his kids. Oh, bro. <laughs> what a dork. I'm just afraid to get it because you're like, what if we have another Loser. kid and it's already been laid out? You know, nicely. So we're, I feel like I've I talked about this enough. <laughs> there you go. All right. Note, He's so devoted to his kids that he put them on his body forever <laughs> as a lasting reminder of his love. What a nerd! <laughs> Just <laughs> that's what bros do when they sit around. They make fun of how much they love their children. It's like your bro voice, Jesse. It is great. perfect. It's exactly what it's like hanging out with Jesse. It, it really show. is. And and mainly my conversations with Eddie are just me mocking <laughs> yeah. his undying love for his I own family. I can't family. believe you care about your wife. Ugh, nerd. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> Let's go drink some brew beers and order pizza with emojis. <laughs> Not with this nerd. Dork. My right. nose tickles. All right, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a dart in my nose for... 43 years, nerd. <laughs> I'm tough. <laughs> Stop. All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, John Acuff joins us. Listening to Surfer Blood, the song is I Can't Explain. It's pretty bad if uh, surfers are bleeding and you can't explain. It's not a good thing. Terrifying, really. That uh, is Shark's favorite band, <laughs> I might add. <laughs> that, that band is crushing the shark community. Well, there you go. This week's uh, feature segment is brought to you by Squarespace, an incredible uh, platform for creating your very own website or online store. Uh, we, Eddie, you've used Squarespace. Yes. I, I've used Squarespace. It's wonderful. It's an incredible thing. I built relevantmediagroup.com using Squarespace one Saturday afternoon when I was bored. I found a picture of an old website that I tried to build pre-Squarespace. Yeah. And then what I was able to do with Squarespace, shocking how good Squarespace is. There you go. It's simple. It's powerful. It's beautiful. There's great 24-7 support. And for only $8 a month, you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. Uh, all the sites are have responsive design and uh, e-commerce. Uh, stores are included. You can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Relevant Podcast. Uh, we thank Squarespace for their support. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace, build it beautiful. There you go. Well, John Acuff is a popular speaker and blogger. He's the author of five books, including Start, which was a New York Times bestseller, Quitter, and his newest release, Do Over. 
He lives in Nashville with his wife, Jenny, and their two daughters. Uh, he's been on the show many times. Uh, we're old friends, and he's joining us live today on the show. Welcome, John Acuff. Thanks for having me back. It was so hard for me not to say a lot of shark fan sites for Surfer Blood <laughs> are built using Squarespace. A lot of people don't know that. There's, a, there's, like, a, you, there's no reason you didn't say that. It's, you it's so easy. Yeah. Sharks can use it. That <laughs> should be their new yeah, Exactly. Like, <laughs> even a hammerhead with that big head can type. Just mash on the keyboard. Look what, shark, look what they did. <laughs> with their drag and drop technology, you don't even need fingers. <laughs> this is why I need to come on the show more because it's all we're already 30 seconds in and i'm already laughing I yeah get it. And you're I not agree. live from the internet you're live from like an actual place which congratulations. Yeah, this is my house this oh. is okay so you're we're looking at your your house your office uh, your bookshelf behind you is chocked full of your of book. yellow books of, of yeah your i gotta get those over. off the shelf that's why i'm doing this show <laughs> <laughs> i gotta move some units those things ain't selling themselves that's not <laughs> out of the back of your car your kids little league game just like uh, oh yeah sure oh what's in my pocket i didn't even no, that was in here. You're going through a job transition well. <laughs> so, hey, John, so tell us about Do Over. Yeah, uh, I wrote it because I needed it. Um, I went through the biggest career transition I've had in, in 16 years of working in corporate America. And then I went around the country to see if other people were going through job transitions too. So I went to Seattle and Austin and Minneapolis and and um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And everyone I met was in some sort of career transition. You went to Lancaster to interview the Amish? No, I saw a lot of them. They oh. rollerblade. A lot of Amish rollerblade. <laughs> whoa, 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 I don't know whoa, whoa. if you knew that. No. That's, no a great, that's a transition right there. Yeah. 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 True. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, yeah, that guy's, I guess, because there's no, there's nothing electronic about a rollerblade and it's all joy. So you combine <laughs> those two things and yeah, it, it's, it's powered by joy. <laughs> yeah. By sheer exhilaration. I've always, I've said this, that if it wasn't for like, it's beyond being ironically fashionable rollerblades. That it, it, we're, we're moments from a rollerblading comeback because anyone who remembers riding rollerblades remembers how much fun it was. Not for me. Well, until you hit a hill where you get out of control and you have scrapes all down your thighs and knees. If you're or, or if you're, a bump the size of, and thickness of a dime, like that was the other problem. <laughs> or, or if you're a fat kid with no core strength and ability to balance, and you just uh, never just get tip out of the over gym. every time. <laughs> yeah, but is that the vehicle's fault? No, I mean, I no, no, no. Up. That is the rider's fault. It is my problem. I was going to say, that just seems like an error in judgment. <laughs> like, at the moment of purchasing said rollerblades. Yeah. So do-over. So do-over. You're in Lancaster. You're, 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 uh, you're watching the Amish in an inspired do-over. Yeah, and so I, I realized that there's a lot of people going through career transition and it's, uh, you know, a lot of us spend 18 years getting ready for college and then we graduate and the next thing we get ready for is death and retirement. <laughs> and we've bought into this cultural lie that a job's just a job and we eat at TGI Fridays, not TGI Mondays. And if you're going to work for 40 to 60 hours a week for 40 years, it, it should matter. And so that's what I wrote the over about. But it was first and foremost because I went through one and needed this book first. Mm. Tell me about how, I, I didn't want to bring that up unless you did, but how much of this was just birthed out of your own experience and your own kind of process through um, leaving the typical workplace and into your 
your kind of new reality. Well, he wasn't leaving the typical workplace. He was leaving a dream job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, I wrote a book about getting a dream job, and yeah. then I didn't have a job job. It was like being a uh, fat exercise writer. Um, or a, <laughs> or a rollerblade enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> or a rollerblade enthusiast with no core strength. I'm freaking done with this show. <laughs> fat rollerblade enthusiast. That is not a joke that I'm going to allow to stick. You know, we can yeah, you know that's going to become a Twitter handle. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm no. going to go, like, everywhere, every city I go into, somebody has, like, a, is it Order of the Bow? Yeah, is that bingo. A, yeah. Order of the yeah. Bow. Yeah. yeah, and they'll, or they'll go, hey, I'm a huge fan of huge ships, or whatever, you know, whatever, that, and so it's so funny, yeah, that's going to become a meme. Yeah. Uh, but no, 100% of that yeah. was inspired yeah. by that. This wasn't on a list of books I was going to write over a 10-year period. Um, I think the best books I write come from the trenches. Yeah. Uh, and that's where this one came from. And so when I went through this big transition, um, I started to recognize that there's kind of four things you need to handle transition. And and whether you got a great opportunity, like graduating college is an amazing do-over. Like mm-hmm. it's a gigantic do-over. And we're often wildly unprepared for what mm-hmm. it's going to be like. And so, yeah, the book did come from that experience, but it's not limited to the idea of you lost a job or you got a job. It's it's much it's a much bigger conversation than that. John, when you're when you're traveling around, and you're talking to people, particularly I feel like millennials that uh, kind of came into the professional world at an interesting time in terms of like the economy. What what are some of the things that pre- are preventing them from making a transition that that you hope maybe your book can can get them through? Well, I, I think it's simple things. Um, there's a lot of simple kind of skills, like even just being present. Like that's going to be a game changer. Like your ability to not be on your phone and lost in this in a meeting is a game changer. Like we've all been in meetings where somebody texts under the table like we can't see them. Like above the table, so rude. Below it, I don't even see them. They're <laughs> under some sort of Harry Potter invisibility cloak. So just stuff like being present. Um, you know, the American economy loses $6.5 billion of revenue during the 15-week fantasy football season. No. And I'm not against fantasy football, but there's so many little things like that that matter. Um, I, I uh, just heard Louis C.K. talk about how when he was in his 20s, and he was a writer for Conan O'Brien, he wanted to just get his stuff on. And he said, I didn't understand that they had paid me money to do work and I should do the work they wanted and I should help them. Hmm. He said, like, that wasn't a concept I understood. So sometimes just going to a, a millennial and going, hey, you know, like when you say to me, how dare my boss tell me to move my lunch hour or to do these things? I often go, well, actually, they're 100% of the people that get to tell you to do that because they pay 100% of your check. Mm. And that's okay. And you're not going to get your dream job at 23. I hope you don't. You wouldn't even know how to appreciate it. Your first job job, your first job's job is to teach you how to have a job. Mm. Like you traded three months of vacation for eight days a year. That's a transition. Let's figure out how to work through that. Um, So I think there's a lot of things that millennials can do that are pretty simple. But there's also 39-year-olds that have that same kind of attitude. And I think millennials unfairly get labeled as entitled um, and kind of lazy, and I don't think that's the case, um, especially if you'll work hard. The millennials, we talked about this a few months ago on the podcast. Millennials uh, in their 20s, on average, have seven jobs, yeah. seven different jobs in their 20s. There's almost like a year after mm-hmm. college, a year per job. Like, what, what do you think that is? It just seems like wanderlust or like meandering. Yeah, I think there is some of that that goes on. I think sometimes, you know, one of the transitions we all hit is called a ceiling, 
where you get stuck. Like maybe you come to the end of a ladder. Like when I was 32, I worked at Auto Trader and I was a senior content designer and there was no super duper senior content designer position above me. And I think we've bought into the idea that the moment you hit a ceiling, you should just quit. You should just leave. Mm. Um, and I think we, we forget that there's a lot of opportunities within the same company that we can explore. And we've kind of right now, we have this over glorification of the entrepreneur. Um, so there's this sense of guilt. Like if you're at a big company and you're not starting your own thing, like you're not really chasing a dream. But if 70% of Americans don't like their job, 100% of them aren't supposed to be small business owners. Mm. Like you can do amazing work inside a big company. Um, and so I think that's part of it is that when we hit our first ceiling, we go, it's this place, it's their fault. Like I worked in corporate America for 15 years and I blamed my bosses for holding me back until I got out and I was working on my own and realized I was the one holding me back. Mm. It was like all of a sudden, you know, this sense of like, oh, remember all those things you said you'd do if nobody's holding you back? Well, now you don't have a boss. Let's see you do them. And it was really overwhelming to realize, oh, wait, that was me, not somebody else. It's another thing is that like, it's not your company's job for you to have a good job. That's your job. Like that's your responsibility. And so I think sometimes when we bump into frustration, we just jump, 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 jump as if that'll fix it. Hmm. What, what are some good like first steps for people that are in that, you know, uh, sort of rut, maybe doing what they they don't want to do or at least what they don't want to do long term or they feel like they hit the ceiling or any number of those things. Like what's the first step that isn't something maybe necessarily reckless, just quitting tomorrow, but they can at least put themselves on the right path to be in a different place. I think two there's three, two four, really five easy years ones. Down the road. Um, get some good advice from a smart friend. Like we all have that friend who's just as much of an idiot as we are. That'll tell us like, yeah, start the ferret farm. People love ferrets. You should do that. <laughs> and they'll just wildly support anything we're going to do. So like, don't talk to that friend, talk to the friend that's 10 years ahead of you and goes, Hey, I was in the same place and I thought these 10 things mattered. These are the only two that do. Like Cameron is, you know, I know Cameron knows other magazine owners because they face the same sort of challenges and they're able to say to him like, hey, 20 years down the road, here's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. And so talk to somebody like that. And the second thing is learn new skills. It's impossible to get stuck somewhere old if you keep learning something new. And that's what happens. Like the way to break through a ceiling is to learn something new. Um, for me, like right now, I asked a room full of high schoolers, like who here reads blogs? And not a single one of them raised their hand. And as a blogger, that was good information for me to know. And I said, well, what do you do? And they said, oh, we're all on Snapchat. And I was like, no, like yeah. I don't want to get on Snapchat. Like honestly, I don't want to. Yeah. But if I'm going to stay relevant to this conversation with high schoolers who turn into college students, who turn into employees, then I might need to develop that skill and learn how to do that. So talking to somebody who's further down the road than you and learning something new are, are great ways to get unstuck. John, John, Eddie and I were talking before the, before you came on, and 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 we both have the same question. Yeah. Your path has been interesting in the sense that you, you know, just had a job and then you yeah. started blogging. You became this humorist about kind of Christian culture. Because I was following you early days when you were handing out like buttons at, at the mall and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Old, to, like two people. Old, old stuff Christians <laughs> and, like. And now all of a sudden you're a career expert. You're like you're a business guru. Like that that endorsement that Godin has on the top of your uh, book. This is the best career book I've ever read, Seth yeah. Godin, or, <laughs> I mean, or ever written. Yeah. I mean, like what? Well, and, and juxtapose yeah. that you have Jim Gaffigan giving your book yeah. an endorsement. How do yeah. you how do you go from being a Christian culture humorist to being a career guru? And why did you do that? <laughs> That's our question. <laughs> those are those are legit questions. I I love that question because 
We live in the age of instant experts. Like somebody does something well once for a week on the internet and then sells you a $500 PDF because they're a guru. Um, mm. So I think that's a great question. I think part of it's been, I've worked full time for 17 years. Mm. Like I would never, you know, I would never write a, a book on kayaking because I got a kayak a month ago. Mm. I suck at kayaking. Yeah. But as far as writing about how you have a job, at this point, having had a job for 17 years, I've learned some things the wrong way. And I'm curious about helping other people not spend 17 years to learn those same things. Mm. So I think that's where I got fascinated with career. And that's where for me, I know I don't know everything. Like I think the 49-year-old me is going to look back on the 39-year-old me and go, dude, you like what? Like the things you didn't know that you thought you knew. Yeah. Um, but as far as how it transitioned, you know, I, I was writing Christian satire and Christian satire wasn't this lifelong dream. It was just right. the first horse that took off. Like I wasn't dying to write Christian satire. Right. Just, wow, this conversation blew up. I had 50 bad URLs and that was the one that took off. Funny. And so I really leaned into it as a writer. And then after seven years of that conversation, I felt like, you know what? I'll still continue to write funny things about faith, but it's not where I feel called. Um, and so that was kind of the transition is having it happen in my own life and then wanting to write about it in the lives of other people. Does that answer your question? It does. I think there's a lot of bravery to that because it would have been an easy meal ticket to just continue to ride or to ride the Christian satire wave. I mean, you had to pretty much like you put out the book and then you began to change. Kind of had to direction. do over. Hello, the, well know. played. <laughs> yeah, I, no, Eddie, you're, like I, yeah. There's a lot of throw up moments with that. We were at a uh, a business conference and my boss was sitting next to me and he asked. This was before I wrote Quitter. And he asked the head of this, this huge business person, you know, can you change conversations with an audience? Um, can you jump from, from one shelf to the other? Because I was trying to jump from Christian living to business. And the guy said, um, who here has read or seen Gwyneth Paltrow's movie Country Strong, where she's a, music, a country musician, and nobody raised their hands? And he said, no, you can't. You can't change shelves. And I wanted to throw up. Yeah. You know, and so like there's still like Jim Gaffigan's new show is about that concept. His whole like his first episode is he gets outed as a Christian. There's a picture of him with a Bible on the Huffington Post and he's like, I'm ruined. My career's ruined. Huh. Christians are going to think I'm not Christian enough and secular atheists are going to think I'm too Christian like it's over. And so that was that's definitely a wrestle. But yeah, you're right. For me, I just I just had to be deliberate with it. Um, and it's not easy to not write stuff Christians like when I know that. I know the jokes that'll get the momentum and I know the jokes yeah. that'll stir up conversation. But at some point you go, if it's not helping people the way I'm supposed to help people, then mm. even though it's a huge ego stroke for me, it's not worth doing. Yeah. Well, his new book is called Do Over and it's out now and it's uh, really good. And it's apparently the best uh, career book ever written, according to Seth Godin. So there you go. Ever. And hilarious, according to Jim Gaffigan. There so you one, go. two, punch. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Thanks for it's joining like us. Roll, it's like an Amish person on rollerblades. <laughs> it is just, it's, it's powered by joy. Actually, yeah. You might want to put it's that. It's the opposite of a young Eddie on rollerblades. <laughs> <Almost laughs> Re reckless. Yeah. I actually have a pretty expensive PDF I'd like to sell you about rollerblading. <laughs> I was in a pretty good job. It, it's, it's mainly just pictures of of him on rollerblading. I would love to send you an excerpt of it, John. Yeah. Okay. It'd be great. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Stay tuned. Up next, Capecchi.
You're listening to our next guest, Kapeki. The song is Talk To Me, their new single from their album, Drug For The Modern Age, which releases this Tuesday. Kapeki is a six-piece alt-pop band from Nashville, and uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you might know them as their former name, Kapeki Family Band. Their uh, 2012 debut album was called Kids Raising Kids, and it was great. And this week they're releasing a follow-up album, uh, Drug For The Modern Age, which is Unreal. Been listening to it, and you're about to experience it. Um, our very own Dargan Thompson recently spoke to vocalist Gabe Simon. Here is Kapeki. You guys had the name change from Kopeki Family Band to Kopeki. Uh, what made you decide to do that? I mean, Kelsey likes to say it. It's this really simple thing of just, it's a longer name, and it kind of was a, a short, like, like uh, it's an abbreviation everybody called us and we kind of liked it and we kind of got stuck to it. It looked, you know, it was really easy and we didn't feel like it took away from what it meant um, because you know, we never really were a family in relation in any capacity. It was always just kind of more of a, a pun of what we wanted, you know, what we wanted to kind of present to our fans is that, you know, we bring this vibe of all of, our, all of us are in the, together. And we kind of felt like now after seven years, it's like we kind of present that without even having to feel like putting it in our name. So why not just be Kopecky? How have you guys kind of changed and developed your sound since your debut album a few years ago one of the things like with kids raising kids is that it was a record kind of written in separation like we were on tour we weren't really around the people that we love we were just with each other it was like we were on, we were working every day and that kind of provides a very distinct vibe of you know like that disconnection not feeling really the love of being with my, like, my wife or being with someone's girlfriend or like being with family and and I think that makes a very specific kind of record. Whereas this one, which went for the modern age, was a record very much, I mean, 110% the opposite, where it was written completely off emotional experiences, off relationships, off of things that we were going through while we were home that year. So automatically, the vibe and what changes us and why we write and the sounds that we would create are totally different just because of that. She's looking for the good life. I don't know. It's like it's like going from college to graduating college. I mean, I'm sure that you felt like you had a security blanket in college. Like you're going to go to school and you're going to be safe and all these things, no matter what. But then you get out of college and you're like, okay, now I have to figure this out by myself. Like that kind of transition of like my world's been, like, been shattered and the things that are like the, the foundations of simplicity and ease, going to the cafeteria or whatever, are now gone away and now I have to spend for myself. And it's kind of like that same experience, but like the opposite. I'm on my own, and now I'm connected with people again. So there's a very different energy. And I was reading a little bit about that a lot of the songs were birthed out of like personal, really hard experiences that band members went through. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? You know, we've been doing this for about eight years now, and I, uh, one of the things that we kind of talk about is 
And I think a lot of people don't really understand about when you're on tour is that it's a very isolating lifestyle. I mean, you go, every time you come home, you know, someone's gotten married, someone's having a kid, or you don't realize you don't have any, as many friends as you thought you had. And so we, the seven, the six of us, kind of became our core in a lot of ways of going through life together and kind of figuring out, you know, when there was something terrible in our life, we were dealing with each other. Marcus's brother passed away actually like the fall, right before we started writing our record in January of last year. Oh, this wow. would have been fall 2013. And he kind of, he was 14 years old and he just was in a car with his dad and he died out of nowhere. And like, there was no history of medical illness, no nothing. And he just, and he was with his dad, wow. like going to football practice. And for us, that kind of just was like, that can happen? Like, that's a thing? Like, that quickly, out of nowhere, someone can be taken away from you. And it kind of, you know, made us look at each other in a different light and want to really take care of each other more and take care of the ones we love more, realizing how precious that short term of life could be. But at the same time, we wanted to, re like, not just sit there and go, and just die any minute, and then that's it. It was like, w w the whole song of Die Young, which is the first track off of... Um, for the modern age is to talk about it's like yeah we might live but you know we might die young but we're going to live the best life that we can possibly live right now while we have it and i'm a big believer in that and so the whole record is about how do we take these spins on these negative negative situations and make them into positives like, yes, someone in my family might be getting divorced, but at the same time, I can still find love, and love is not forgotten in my life. Or someone in my family might be diagnosed with cancer, but it doesn't mean I have to sit there and wait for my death. You know, we can still stand and dance and have a good time and enjoy ourselves and make new friends and community. Um, I mean, for us, it was very much, the whole record is a social criticism about um, addictions. It's about the idea that we all kind of look towards you know, whether it's love or relationships or friendships or um, the internet or alcohol and drugs, all these kinds of things as a way to kind of deal with everything that's going on in our lives when we really can just deal with it with each other and kind of move forward. It was a very hard record to write. It was like, um, when me actually ended up finishing it, it kind of felt like we took a, had taken a long six month shower and it was like everything now was out of our system when it was mm -hmm. cleansed and we could start and kind of move on. I know for a lot of us, it was the point that really a lot of us kind of made some major life decisions. I mean, Steve and our guitarist, I mean, for the first two weeks of us recording the record, was in drug rehab. And the kid, Steven, is one of my favorite people in the whole world. He's so sweet. He grew up in a you know, missionary family overseas, and he just got back, and he got lonely. And he just felt isolated. And people deal with this. Thousands of people, I mean, millions of people deal with this. I mean, wanted to write a song about it, to talk about it. The fact that people, no matter how happy or loving their life could be, they could still be haunted by some kind of shadows in the corner. And, you know, we want to help people deal with those things. But we all do it not in a way like, hey, we're going to dwell on this negativity, but we're just going to build something beautiful out of it. So we take these ideas and kind of like what the Colbert Report does, you take a difficult subject and you make it easy to digest. That's what we tried to do with this record. Take all these hard, painful, hurtful, but at the same time, beautiful, good things. And me getting married in the middle of the record and everything and turn it into something that was worth dancing about.
That was Kepeki. Make sure to check out their new album, Drug for the Modern Age, which releases Tuesday. Today's podcast are sponsored by World Vision. Together with churches and listeners like you, World Vision is addressing some of the greatest needs around the world today, like the Nepal earthquake and the Middle East refugee crisis. World Vision believes God is calling us to the world's hardest places in this time of unprecedented need. You and your church can join with World Vision in the margins, bringing justice and hope to those suffering around the world. To find out how you can get involved, visit worldvision.org church. You're listening to The Tallest Man on Earth. They, they had a very long mic uh, Huge. Uh, pole. They actually had to use a microphone on a uh, on a drone. Yeah. Actually right up to by To get the mouth. mic up to him to man. record this. It's unbelievable. That's why you hear a slight buzzing through yep. the whole thing. It's the drone fans. Tallest man in the world. Uh, the song is Sagres. S-A-G-R-E-S. Sagres? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either, man. I don't know. Well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, but before we get into feedback, it's uh, if we have them, it's time for our corrections and apologies. Um, yeah, we got a few. You know, uh, so... <laughs> 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 Last week, the live show, the attempt, the attempt. I just want to... I don't know. think it was a failure, though. I say we do it again sometime. We learned a I lot. Mean, it's a learning experience. It's like a John Acuff book. It's a learning experience. It's right. a do-over, and you right. try again. Right. But I thought it was... I mean, generally, the feedback was fairly like... Like no, that was pe- normal. People seem to like it. Yeah, but the problem well, is, is like we, what people don't realize is like, you're like, oh yeah, that sermon was good. You had to prepare and study and like whatever. Like you don't just like, like with the show like this, like, yeah, we plan. I have a roadmap in front of me, whatever, but we can just kind of wing it and know that there's a safety net. Kind of chisel it out as we're moving along. Yeah, but like that show, it was like, you're yeah. chiseling as you go. And like, it was very stressful for me. I mean, was, you got. It's extremely stressful. And then when we put it up, and you like, wow, we pulled it off. Whew. And you realize, uh, one, uh, the original version of the show yeah. had no editorial question of the week jingle. Which was jarring. It was I literally, very weird. When I didn't hear it, I began to get nauseous. I had to pull over. Yeah. Uh, then, so we heard about that. So I came in on Saturday yeah. and fixed that and yeah. re-uploaded the show. Heck yeah. And then I see all the feedback about you know, kind of making fun of us for running Derek Minor again. Yeah. Came in on Sunday and <laughs> fixed that real I, I don't think that was a victim of live show, though. I think that would have just happened last week. <laughs> right? I, I, I don't know. I, I would say I put the same amount of lack of preparation into last week as I put into most episodes. All right. So for me and JD, stressful. Yeah. Yes. yes. For you guys, whatever. Um, but guess, guess what, you know, the reason why we had to do that is because in this interim, uh, season after our longtime producer, Chad Michael Snavely, uh, uh, has moved on, uh, John David, uh, who's our digital design head and, and, and myself, we are actually the ones doing the show. We've been, you know, propping it up. We choose the music, doing the editing and he's doing the recording and the cameras and all that. And we're propping it up. And, you know, inevitably, it's not our focus, it's not our forte, so that's why things like the Derek Meyer thing happen, mm-hmm. right? You know, just yeah. a little bit stuff on through the cracks. Well, how do you solve that? Mm-hmm. I'm a solutions person. You get you get the guy in the seat who's going to drive this ship into the next season. Right. A little bit of announcement. We got the guy. Yes. So, uh, this is the last show of the interim era. 
And starting next week, yes. our new producer, Jeremiah Dunlap, will be behind the ones and twos and doing the editing and all the other stuff. And before we talk about Jeremiah, and I'm sure we'll get to him. And yeah, talk we'll, to him. we'll meet him next week on the show. Yeah, well, he is a great person. I have known Jeremiah for a long, long time. Well, I, is- I mean, I'll, tell, I'll tell people, like, we, I put this job up, and I've received over 300 applications. Right. Uh, it just sits at our website, relamediagroup.com, and I've received over 300 for this specific opening. You and I sent an emoji, sushi clock. You did. And uh, we met for lunch a uh, <laughs> week before last, and and during lunch, we were just catching up on life and, and whatever, and, and, and this, you said, you know, you know, do you know so-and-so, Jeremiah Dunlap? And I was like, actually, I don't. I mean, I know his brother and I, you know, whatever. Uh, and and you said I think he, he's a great guy. I think you should talk to him. I think he's the guy. Yeah. And and uh, I reached out to him. Mm-hmm. I have all these people who are highly qualified that have applied. And uh, I reached out to him and said, Hey, here's the link. You know, Eddie yeah. talks highly of you. And we came in and we talked. We talked for a very long time. We talked about future. We we were really talking about like where are we going? Because it's yeah. not just about this show, but it's about all the things that are possible moving forward with yeah. audio yeah. and video expansion. And I just felt a real synergy with him. Yeah. He's run studios. He's an entrepreneur. He's creative. He's a visionary. And he's excellent at what he does. And he's funny. And he's a good dude. Yeah. And I was like, man, Eddie was right. Yeah, because that was my first thing about him is like, you know, his work, you know, is it just it's great work. But there's also like the the part of it that's just like, who are we hanging out with? Yeah. You well, know? that's the big thing. I like, mean, like everybody who, not everybody, but I mean, most of the people who uh, applied were qualified. Right. You know, and then Jeremiah, uh, there's a huge worship band called Bella Reeve. Everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. Uh, but Jeremiah produced their debut album. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like he he's done big stuff. Yeah. And, but he's just funny and creative and sees the world in an interesting way. Yeah. He and, pitched me ideas and I was like, by the way, I'm not the guy you pitch, but also those ideas sound cool. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that's really fun and creative stuff. <laughs> yeah, he gets it. He gets it. And so anyway, I'm excited. JD has done an amazing job man, yeah. in the ones and twos and I appreciate it. JD, you he, have done a very good job. He, this is a hard thing to do. He literally like goes from like designing like, you know, user interface stuff and all this huge project, uh, huge projects that he's in the middle of and he walks in here and has to make sense of all this and then goes back to the other world. So it's been difficult but we really appreciate it, man. Well, you done a great job. And, a good job, and, and all the buttons have been pressed. The buttons and are every week a show currently? has gone out, so it's that's good. True. Yeah. Right, that was the goal. We made a Just show. Don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> don't sink the ship. Thank yeah. you for thank you for your kind service. You did a very good job. But but Jeremiah yeah. is uh, is uh, going to be a good fit on the team. Oh yeah, it's yeah. going to be really really fun. We're going to love getting to know Jeremiah. And, and our new social media uh, person, uh, Tiffany Brunson, used to yes. work with him. Yes, she's hilarious. Yes. She speaks highly of them. Yeah. This is going to be a good thing. Oh, yeah. we got a lot of yeah. fun people. Yeah. A lot of fun people. It's going to be good. So the corrections and apologies, I'm a, again, I'm, I'm a solutions person. I, there's no blame. It's oh. about like, how do you how do you learn from this? And then what do you do differently moving I'll, forward? I'll apologize. You, you hire Jeremiah Dunlap. Yeah. I'm sorry the show was too good last week. <laughs> Done. That's my apology. Next segment. There you go. All right. Well, last week, uh, we asked you guys to tell us the most awkward public moments you've witnessed. This is because me and my five-year-old son uh, rode the uh, the opening day of the Orlando Eye yes. Ferris wheel, and right at the sunset, right at the tip, right at the you know, pinnacle of the ride, uh, the guy who was crammed up next to me uh, proposed to his girlfriend and then just made it weird by slurping and groping her for the next 10 minutes as we were in a very small space together. And so I, we wanted to ask you, like, what's the weirdest thing you've seen or most un- uh, awkward situation you've seen? You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, posted your replies there, and you also tweeted us at relevantpodcast. Here's a few of our favorites. 
Well, uh, Kelly writes in, and she's actually from Florida, and said this was uh, about 15 years ago. I was down at my local boardwalk, and there was a guy uh, who clearly had no core strength, and he was attempting to rollerblade. (laughs) 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 He fell over and over again. That was was a lot of straw carry. (laughs) That was it. Uh, next week's his lack of core strength was so evident in those roller points. <laughs> next week's corrections and apologies will be yeah. from Jesse to you. Yeah. yeah, a guy, a guy emailed me said that he got a a, a little feather on his arm and he was a total baby about his little silly tattoo on his dumb arm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was my, <laughs> that's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Is that dumb? Well, the I, dumb I, that's funny. I got this one from this bro loves his family. Like what a nerd! <laughs> He's got kids and he like totally loves them with all his heart. What a loser, dude! What a dork! <laughs> <laughs> I was def- I was reading through these and I just was kind of listening to Jesse as I was finding the next one to read. And I was like. Hold on. That sounds a lot like <laughs> wait a second. Kept tipping That's over. me. That's me. <laughs> Kelly was there, man. Uh Todd, this one's this one sound this is a little disturbing. Todd was at a mall at a Wetzel's pretzel. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's some manner of pretzel chain. Uh, when a couple approached and they're pushing a stroller with a toddler seated safely inside. Uh, quotes on safely. After giving them a warm, welcoming smile, I look down and notice that their little stroller rider isn't buckled in and begins to slide out of the stroller. Before he has a chance to warn the couple, the poor, innocent uh, little kid slides completely under, underneath the stroller, and the mother accidentally runs over him in the stroller. Oh. Uh, he said, you know, they're in such close proximity, they're in line, so he just decided to keep his eyes forward uh, until he got to the counter, and he said, "Is for some reason, his pretzel tastes a little bit saltier that day. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping uh, that this is true, that Bryant didn't fabricate this one. I have no reason to believe he did, um, but he said it involves a cameo from an old friend, some, from a, a personality type that we've referenced. It was, in fact, at a Sunday morning service at our modern church uh, when his friend noticed a shady older man in a large coat few seats down. At the beginning of worship, this older man looked around to see if anyone noticed him. They reached in his coat and pulled something out. The older man had pulled out a large shofar from his coat, <laughs> looked around, blew it once very loudly, and then quickly and quietly placed it back into his quote, uh, coat to see if anyone had noticed where the glorious <laughs> shofar blast had come from. The man began, then the man smiled and began to uh, begin his worship experience unaware that his friend had seen the secret shofar. So in this guy's mind, yeah. he's thinking... It was an angel. That, that everyone in the church service is like, we just encountered <laughs> a supernatural shofar. Like that, that the heavens are shining down on us. That he manufactured this incredible experience that these people will carry for the rest of their lives. But in fact, he, the man in the overcoat was responsible for the shofar blast. You know, as we've talked about shofars in the past, we've always ta- you know, wondered how they smuggled them in, the rogue shofars. I mm-hmm. didn't think about the large coat, the duster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they just slide down the lining. <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen, listen. This Trevor has taken the cake. I'm going to just read it exactly okay. as it's written. It is so funny. For some reason, I have experienced many awkward moments at weddings. One of them involved the moments leading up to the garter toss. You know that tradition Ooh. where the bride sits Ooh. on the chair in her wedding dress and the groom kneels before the her. The worst. It's the worst. It's so gross and weird. 
the groom kneels before her and goes under the dress to retrieve the garter in order to toss it to the eligible bachelors in the room. Well, that's the scenario. As everyone is gathered to, uh, gathered to watch, I notice that one of the groomsmen blindfolds the groom. That's not normally what happened. Hmm, I think to myself, why would they? And then I see the switch. As the groom is being guided to his knee in front of the bride, the mother of the groom takes the place of the bride in the chair. He starts to feel around for a leg, and the whole room is silent except for a few gasps as the one guy in the corner of the room is repeating, no, 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 no. And I look around and see many jaws dropped. As the groom is getting the garter, he figures something is wrong. He pulls off the blindfold, and his mom says, surprise, as the MC awkwardly tries to keep things going. I quietly sipped a glass of my water. Um, is that not the most awkward? I mean, it feels awkward right now, and we're hearing uh, it. Like, feel, just thinking about it does like, seem huh, incredibly surprise. This, this leg doesn't feel like my like, brides. That's huh. different. Hmm. It's familiar, but not... This. It's kind of veiny. <laughs> Cameron's trying. <laughs> you shut your mouth. So that is an... I mean, that is a real awkward moment. It transcended even to making this show feel yeah, awkward. I mean, Weird. even third hand, oh, yeah. it's awkward. I could absolutely be sick, but who thought of that? <laughs> and that poor MC. All right. Okay. Well... He just strikes up, we are family. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> Good one, Jesse. <laughs> you're going to play it at some point. Right, that's the spot. Like, well, we I, are I guess family. now's the time. Perfect segue. Yeah. Well done. Oh, man. Well, well that was incredible. Okay, well, there's a ton more. Uh, and if you want to just, just weird yourself out or have good uh, content or fodder for the next, you know, group dinner or something, you can <laughs> yeah. tell stories. Yeah. Like, pretend like it's your friend. Oh, my friend told me. You yeah, know, about I this time. Heard about yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always good. Pretend like you have friends. That's the core message here on the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, we spent a lot of time on this show talking about emojis, talking about pizza. We did and, a lot. And talking about roller rollerblading tattoos. <laughs> rollerblading we, attempts. We did a lot of work today. Uh, and and tattoos. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. would be that would be kind of there's your hashtags. Um <laughs> Well, it got us thinking, you know, uh, come, coming up, the Lollapalooza trip that we take every year at the end of July, uh, first weekend in August, mm-hmm. you know, it's coming up at the end of the summer, and we, on record, I mean, this is on the internet now, have a verbal commitment from Jesse Carey okay, to, to get, Sean and Equist to, to get, get a tattoo. A- any tattoo we pick. <laughs> That's so, what was said on the show. So the question of the week is, we want you guys to tell us suggestions for Jesse's first tattoo. And I'm just, maybe we can maybe we can film it as a segment. So, but maybe here's a, can. can I just put one veto out there? Like, I no, I mean, no nickel okay. on his back. Yeah, no nickel on his back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Nickel, we're not, we're not, he, that joke's done. We're we not going to do a nickel on his back. Nickel okay, on his back. So let's go it, past Nickelback into <laughs> ten years of material options here. Great. Yeah. Well, and, and I will say this too. I'm not guaranteeing I will take one of these choices. I'm saying they will all no, be yes, you are. considered yes, you are. fairly. No, you're you're what, guaranteeing it. What if we attach a little charity water behind it? Honey? <laughs> what if we built some wells? <laughs> we raised no, twenty thousand dollars. You know, you know, I don't want to do that is because I know people will actually really give a lot of money, and I'll be stuck doing <laughs> yeah. it. Another, you know why? Because I've been down that road. Another <laughs> another another thirty k to charity water 40, in your name. Forty k. 
okay, yeah. sna- and snake dragon on your chest, big. <laughs> snake dragon, big. snake dragon, snake dragon, hospital, hospital across his gone. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just add a little hostage situation in the back of that emoji yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, give us suggestions for Jesse's first tattoo, which he will get at the end of the summer. He uh, promised. You can tweet us at Relevant Podcast, and you can post your uh, suggestions in larger, longer detail on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. And next week we'll read some of our favorites and just and and we will pick one for Jesse to get. I, I love this. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I already love this. And feel free if you want to Photoshop. Yeah, feels like we haven't seen any Photoshop. I mean, I have to. Ha- I, I'm assuming it's probably best to give some sort of printout to the artist that Shauna picks out. Yeah, yeah he's got to trace it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Photoshop us, uh, send us images on Twitter. You can, I think you can put JPEGs in your comments. Yeah. I think so. I, I like what we've done I, with I this. Or you can at least link to something. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, link to something. Can, yeah. There you go. Flickr. Like a Twitter picture or something, you know. Yeah. Well, well, thanks to uh, John Aka for joining us. Make sure to check out his new book, Do Over, which is out now. And uh, also to Capecchi. Check out on Tuesday, their new album, Drug for the Modern Age, releases. Dr- and it, it's really phenomenal. The way you say drops. That's kind of a more cool way to say it. It drops. It does drop. It's like a rap thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to our sponsors, Stamps.com and Squarespace. Remember to go to Stamps.com and enter the code RELEVANT for a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer. And at uh, Squarespace, when you decide to sign up, make sure you use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Relevant Podcast. It actually makes a difference and keeps us on the air, so... You, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash relevant, for outtakes and video clips, uh, excerpts and extracts from this show. And uh, get the magazine. The new issue is out now. It features Hillsong United, uh, Judah Smith, Mark Marin, uh, a lot of Derek Minor, and a lot of uh, great stuff. Derek Minor twice. We actually, we, beginning we, at the end, yeah. we forgot already that we'd put it in. Well, he accidentally put Derek, <laughs> the same Derek Minor interview twice in the magazine. That's great. Well, then uh, no, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffold. John David Snavely. I'm Jesse Carey. Sean Nequist. We will see you, not JD, we will see you next week. For listening to the relevant podcast you can follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and don't forget to check out the magazine it's available on newsstands and at the itunes app store or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe devoted to his kids that he put him on his body forever as a lasting reminder of his love. What a nerd!